talking drums, bringing extreme discussions from the world's top drummers to your ear holes. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the We're Talking Drums podcast. I am your host, Corey Hoffing, and I just want to give a big old thank you to all you amazing listeners out there. You guys have been absolutely incredible, and I love seeing you share our posts, so keep it up. Please tag us. You can find us on Instagram at We're Talking Drums and myself, Corey H. Drummer. So just tag us up. Please tag our guests as well. I know they greatly appreciate it. And keep the support rolling. All right. Speaking of rolling, we're going to roll right into this week's episode. I sat down with my good buddy, JJ Tartaglia, and we had a phenomenal conversation about the absolutely ridiculous amount of bands that he plays in, including new stuff by Skullfist. Welcome to episode 44 of the We're Talking Drums podcast. I am your host, Corey Hoffing, and we have another jam-packed episode talking to some of your favorite drummers out there. This week, I sat down with my good buddy, JJ Tartaglia, he plays for the bands Skullfist, Operas, and his brand new project that he is not only the drummer, but he is also the goddamn frontman called Thunderer. And we get into all that, some new records, new music videos, all the crazy shit that he's been up to, as well as a little bit more of an insight on the Vodka Metal Battle Canada that I'm sure you have heard us talk about on this podcast before. But he is the man behind it and the reason that it came to Canada. And, you know, it is just an amazing thing that he has done for the Canadian metal scene here. So, It was an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk to him, and we had such a great conversation. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with J.J. Tartaglia. J.J. Tartaglia, thank you for joining us on the We're Talking Drums podcast. How are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine, man. So you are quite the busy guy um, being the drummer for Skullfist, Operas, Of Hatred Spawn, and Thunderer. Is that how you pronounce that? Thunderer? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Thunderer. Like, think of like a conqueror, but like Thunderer. But uh, thunder, yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. And you're not just the drummer for that; you are also the lead vocalist. So, yeah, yep, I dude. am, which is totally new for me. But yep, yep, that's it. Yeah, man. And we we played a show together uh, a couple weeks ago, and I I was I was impressed. It's one thing to to do it like in a music video or something like that, but to actually pull this shit off live, like uh, you know, I gotta I gotta give. Give a hand out to you, man, because that was uh, incredible to witness. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's the real test is to be able to pull it off live, you know, we, you know, which is why I wanted to do the show 
as soon as possible just to kind of like get it done you know it was a real test for myself to be like okay you know if I'm going to do this I got to be able to pull it off live so may as well just jump right in and, and get it done yeah, man, because you guys, uh, as a brand new band, already have a full UK tour booked for March of next year, and yeah. you guys haven't even released a, a record yet. That's <laughs> that's I know, crazy, yeah, man. It's pretty wild. It's like we really are like living in the future when it's like you know <laughs> like you can you can be a known band and have fans and like tours are getting booked and it's like you haven't even show, played a show yet you know i mean i guess it's the circumstances of like what's going on right now too um but uh yeah i mean obviously uh, it's been a big help of having like the past experience of like the musicians that are involved in the band like not only myself but like the other guys too so it's like it's it, we've been able to like fast forward everything you know and also like just having like the know-how to to launch a band from like doing it the wrong way <laughs> over and over <laughs> again over the years right and then now it's like okay well i think i i know how to do this the right way finally yeah well you guys are definitely doing it like do it the amount of stuff that you've done already without releasing any music even you know is like damn impressive man so you're definitely doing yeah. it the right way <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, and it's it's been really tough to hold off. Like, I think that's that's a big mistake that a lot of bands make is that when 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 your music is done, you're just so anxious to release it. It's like okay, it's done, and you just want to you want to show it to everybody right away. And I'm totally feeling that too, like I always do. And it, it's yeah, it's been really tough to just like tell myself no, no just hold off and um, and put like everything in place before you know. So, yeah, it's like it, it's it's been tough because the album's been done for like months and months now. But in order to get like the tour in place and then it's like getting all the PR ready and like, OK, when are the singles going to come out? And then it's like, oh, you know, vinyl takes fucking six months to press nowadays. So it's like, OK, you know, I've got to take that into account. So it's like working backwards, you know, like, you know, find the release date and then work backwards from there and, and then figure everything out. So. Yeah, but I guess, you know, in order to give to give it, like, the best chance, um, I guess that's kind of what you have to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think fans really understand how difficult it is to... You, you put, like, months and months of, of energy and everything into creating an album, and then you literally have to sit on it for, like, six months while you just promote it. Right. And it's just sitting there and you're like, oh, I want to show everybody. But yeah. you you have to put certain things in place. And like you said, like vinyl, I've known so many bands in the last like four or five months that have pushed their dates back like last minute. Like, sorry, the vinyl's not going to be ready. So they push it back by like two, three weeks just because vinyl mm -hmm. is like there's such a backlog of people wanting to press vinyl right now. And with everything that COVID 19s done, you know, with all the shutdowns, uh, everything's been been fucking crazy. So, but totally. it, honestly, yeah, it's great that you guys are are doing it. And then I assume that the album will kind of come out um, with the tour and everything like that. Like you have everything lined up, so 
that you get the most out of yeah, your, basically your promotion. Yeah, yeah, like we're looking at like mid-February release date right now, and that's really as far, like that was as far as I could push it, and even then I don't know if the vinyl is going to be ready on time. It's going to be really close, yeah. but um, basically I didn't, I didn't want to push the release until after the tour started, so, you know, because you kind of want a, at least a little bit of time for people to take in the material and then, and then have the tour happen. But I think all in all, like it's 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 all lining up pretty good. So yeah, I I think we're ready. That's awesome, man. Now speaking of releases and tours, Skullfest has a tour lined up for May of next year with Enforcer. So does yep. that mean that a new Skullfest album will be released around then as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's the plan right now. I mean, same thing. The 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 Skullfest album's actually been done for like quite a while now too. Um, we kind of slowed down the processes. I mean, we started tracking in like 2020, right? And then uh, you know everything hit, and it was like okay, like we didn't mix until like I think it was almost a year later. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, we took our sweet time because we we knew that we didn't want to release the album without a tour. Um, but yeah, it's looking like finally the tour will happen now after being postponed twice. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the plan right now is to, to release the album. Yeah. Before the tour and then have it all come out, uh, for then. Was, uh, was the writing process any different this time around? Uh, for this album, uh, well, Zach writes pretty much all of the material, um, I think, like, the last album, I think Johnny had uh, two songs on it that, we, you know, we kind of collaborated together. Um, I had one that was, like, derived from, like, a drum beat. Basically, I wrote, like, a drum song. <laughs> and then I was like, here, Zach, you know, like... And then he, like, made... He put his own thing on it, you know, made it into something. Um, for this one, it was more... Uh, Zach, he kind of already had the songs ready and he, he had been doing demos on his own because he also like play, he plays every instrument, you know, so he'll, he'll do drum demos of like what he has in mind and, um, and whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for this record, it was, it was pretty much him like just presenting us with demos and then we came together and like, I'll like tweak like the drum parts or be like, okay, well this kind of fill or like a lot of times he'll like play something and it's you know kind of all over the place but i know what he wants it to sound like <laughs> so i'll be like okay like like we understand each other really well so i'll be like okay i know what you mean like something like that you know so like he'll he'll just give me like the gist of it but uh but yeah he's he's a pretty good drummer actually so i think he'll just like kind of bang out the the demos quick and and show me what he wants yeah cuz i know like guitar players always have an idea of the beat that they're looking for but um can't always put the extra flair on it that uh you know an actual drummer would would be able to do so that totally, that, yeah. that sounds like a uh a pretty like simple writing process for from your point of view anyways just being given like okay here's 
here's everything and and kind of just do your thing with it um and i'm sure like yeah you and you and zach have a a great uh chemistry together being in the band uh for the last like uh what like seven years you've been with them yeah yeah can't believe how time flies but yeah i mean and like and it's funny because some of the songs that he wrote were like derived from like things that we would jam at soundcheck for example you know like we would mm. just be like okay you know we're sound checking you know he kind of starts playing a riff and then i'm playing a beat and then we had like we probably had like five or six of those you know just like soundcheck jams <laughs> that we would do you know and it, it's funny that like some of those are like now turned into songs so yeah it, it's pretty cool yeah it's like every time you soundcheck you like you're writing a song a little bit more and more <laughs> then yeah 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 <laughs> every show it's like okay let's see if we can get a few more bars <laughs> yeah exactly and then by the end of a tour you're like oh shit we we wrote like half an album this tour perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick all right well all right so new records on the horizon there um but you just released uh, last year in 2020 a new album with Operas called yep. Score of Nightmares, uh, and you just released a new uh, music video for the song Lost. It came out October 1st, and uh, I recently checked it out. Man, what a what a killer music video that is, man! Like, uh, it just looks fantastic, and it kind of encompasses the uh, whole atmosphere that I think Operas uh, has to this record and especially the song. So uh, how was, I, I believe you worked with Joe at uh, Dark Moon, right? How How is that process uh, of doing that music video? Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, we've actually been getting a lot of good feedback uh, from the video. And yeah, it was Joe... Uh, he he just nailed it. The venue that he chose was really cool. Um, it was just equipped with like a stupendous like amount of lights. <laughs> like just like um, it had like these lighting rigs on the ceiling, and they had like full control, and it was all LED, and they could change it to whatever color they wanted. So um, yeah, there was a serious light dude that they brought on board too. And um, honestly, a lot a lot of the video. I think why it turned out so good is because uh, there was a lot of preparation going into it, and that I would have to credit to Wojtek, um, our bassist, and it was pretty much his like vision and him working with Joe to come up with like cool visuals, but also being cost effective at the same time, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and like making the most of like the space that we had. So like in the video, you see like it's, it's the same room, but we kind of managed to make it look like different scenes because like there's there's different scenes throughout the video. It's, it's all shot in the same room, but just like you'd, like you'd be amazed what you can do with lights, you know, just lights and some like uh, fabric material and uh, just like the placement of the different things. And, and it just gives it a whole thing. And then obviously Joe's, um, you know, crazy talents of just like putting it together and, and like his his uh, videography um, made it, you know, really great. So but yeah, we're, we're all really happy with the video, uh, the way it came out. 
Yeah, man, it looks sick. And definitely, like, uh, as soon as you mentioned it about the lighting, uh, that was, like, the first thing that ca- that caught my eye. Like, one of the first shots, mm. uh, just the lighting, uh, it, it looks like just, like, a flare of light coming from behind you and, and surrounding the rest of the guys in front. And, yeah, it it was uh, – it was really badass, man. I highly suggest to all awesome. of you out there to uh, to check it out. So that's uh, Lost from Operas. That new video is sick, and the uh, the whole album, man. Score of Nightmares, um, that came out in 2020, uh, but uh, you guys recorded that ahead of time, so it wasn't uh, in the pandemic, but it was released during the during the shit storm of 2020 <laughs> it was yeah at the pinnacle i believe <laughs> yeah yeah man i know all about that like uh crimson released an ep there literally i think on the right. day that uh lockdown here in ontario hit uh Damn. Well. <laughs> yeah and so like it just um unfortunate timing i guess <laughs> But yeah, man. Um, and that dude, this this album is uh, absolutely killer. Now, how how does your playing uh, change? Because although all the bands that you seem to kind of play for, um, at least Skullfizz, Operas, and Thunder are all kind of in that like uh, heavy metal, power metal range. But Operas is definitely a lot more epic. Um, and I'd say uh, faster and more melodic in a sense. Does your approach to your playing and how you write your drums change uh, for operas or, or from band to band? Or do you just go into it like, all right, I'm going to fucking crush this and mm. and that's it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't think it's much different. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. The genre is is slightly different with operas. Um, and yeah, there, it's, it's a bit more technical sometimes, uh, there's some faster double kick stuff for sure. Uh, especially on this, this album, there was, uh, yeah, there was one tune book of shadows was, uh, was a real challenge for me to play. Cause it was like, oh, what is the tempo is. It's only like 137 or something, but it's like 16th note triplets. So it's um yeah it was it was pretty quick and um but yeah i think overall i don't really um change my approach like i think i'm trying to just more do like my thing on the music um and and yeah i mean i, I just play to ser- serve the song you know serve the music so i'll try not to i'll try to leave room for what whatever is going on because there is a lot going on um in operas a lot of uh different voicings <laughs> you know with the orchestrations mm-hmm. and everything um so yeah i just just uh, do my best to like play off of whatever is um is coming at me and whatever i think needs to be highlighted uh, at different parts of the the songs but uh, but yeah i think overall i think now i, I i've kind of like found my own style and i just kind of yeah just try and do that in wh- whatever setting that i'm in I, I feel like playing power metal is uh for me I love I love it because you can just fall into that pocket and you're good and like you cuz you don't want to be doing too much. It's not like when you're playing like tech death or anything people expect you 
to be doing like crazy shit and blast beats all mm. the time and all these like ridiculous fills. And if you're not, then you're behind. Like you're, then mm. you suck. Mm. But in power metal, just keeping like a steady, uh, you know, like 16ths on the kick and a nice, like, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. a, n- a nice groove with your hands. And like that, that's all that needs to be done. You do uh, like a smooth fill transition into the next part and you've done what needs to be done. And that's, I, I love, uh, playing power metal for that reason where it's like you're there to serve the song there's so much going on especially with more orchestral and melodic mm-hmm. uh, type stuff like operas right and, yeah. and you got mm-hmm. fucking cellos and like yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah man there's so much going on uh that you don't want to be busy and I, mm-hmm. you just want to serve the song and i like lo- i love that 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 you mentioned that and how that that's how you approach things because that's really what what needs to be done man you don't want to be doing too much or else you're taken away from things and yeah uh, it's just totally yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) now you are not only a drummer uh you also play keyboards or uh piano if you will um yep and Mm -hmm. is there any other instruments that you play uh i mean some guitar uh mandolin actually mandolin eh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm from the East Coast, so yeah, so yeah. Um, so that was was that your first instrument then? Were you born with a mandolin in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I think mandolin was one of the last ones. I mean, yeah, drums uh, was the first actually, um, followed by piano like shortly after. Um, like my parents put me through uh, piano lessons when I was really young. Uh, when I was seven, so uh, all through school, I, t- I took classical piano lessons, and uh, I kind of kept it up. I stopped for a while, and um, like through my twenties, and uh, and then I kind of picked it up again. Um, so now, yeah, now now it's like it feels good because I'm actually putting it to use. I started <laughs> finally like writing on the piano and uh, and playing around with a lot of synths and stuff so uh, there's a lot of that happening in the thunderer stuff um so yeah that's really cool um but yeah get, guitar i don't really get to play much but i could just like do chords and stuff uh mm-hmm. and yeah i think that's it so growing up uh on the east coast uh in cape breton is that correct yep mm-hmm. um how what what led you to come to Toronto of all places uh, to pursue a musical career? Because um, I know like the East Coast is a, a beautiful place, and I know a lot of people that come from there to to Toronto um, in their like twenties uh, to uh, to to make it in the big city, so to speak. <laughs> But yeah. what mm-hmm. what was uh, what was the thought process behind that uh, that move for you? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, East Coast and Cape Breton. There's there's a ton of musicians in Cape Breton um, and super talented ones. The the problem is for me is is just it's all Celtic music, right? <laughs> so if that's what you're into, then yeah, that's the place to be. And like people people make a good living there just being a musician. Um, people love that music. And uh, I grew up with it, you know, hence the mandolin 
<laughs> you know, I picked mm-hmm. that up like when I was a teenager and, and, um, you know, I like that music too, but, uh, you know, obviously for what I wanted to do as a drummer and, uh, with my heart being in metal, um, I had to get out. Like you got to move to one of those, uh, hubs, right. Where there's more going on. I mean, initially I wanted to go to LA and this was like straight out of high school too. So, um, Oh, I, I just couldn't afford it, you know, and like the exchange rate was like pretty much what it is now, you know, it was bad. So, you know, not having a lot of dough and then, you know, you, you'd go there, but you, then you wouldn't be able to work, right? Because like I was looking at maybe going to MI, um, which was like, you know, supposed to be really good there and a lot of, a lot of musicians going there. And, but it was super expensive. And then the, the fact of like not being able to work like a part-time job, even like while I was doing it, it was like, okay. So I kind of got turned off by LA and like, I was like, okay, well, probably I need to stay in Canada. And then like the obvious choice I thought, well, I thought about Montreal too, but like Toronto was bigger. And then, uh, my, my sister, I have an older sister. She had just moved up to Toronto too. So I, that was kind of like oh, a little bit of an in for me there. So I felt like that was the obvious choice was, was to go and do that. Yeah, man. Uh, that would be a very obvious choice if you have family here, then yeah, that's yeah. super mm-hmm. easy. Now, do you, do you speak French as well since you uh, thought about moving to Montreal? Yeah. Yeah. French is actually my first language. Um, I don't get to use it much no more, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Montreal was a thought too, you know, cause, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good music there too. And, and yeah, like it's, uh, it's about, yeah, there's some French, but there's a lot of English too, but yeah, French wouldn't have been a problem for me. So yeah, it's something I thought about. Yeah. Cause like myself, I grew up around the Toronto area. Um, yeah. so like I'm about 45 minutes northwest of the city so this toronto was always like my home city if i was gonna go anywhere i I grew up going to shows and and all my bands would would go to toronto to play uh everything like that so i always found it like really curious when when people would come from other parts of the country and move to toronto you know because Mm. it, it it is a lot bigger of a city than i i guess ever gave it credit for just because it Mm -hmm. was like the close city to me so Mm -hmm. um yeah i just i just find it super interesting to hear people's uh kind of story and and thought process of why they (laughs) would move here because honestly in the beginning uh days of crimson shadows i was trying to uproot the band to montreal like oh, I wow. was, okay, yeah. I was desperately trying to convince the guys that we needed to move to Montreal if we were going to make it. But <laughs> yeah, but I guess for that for that genre though, I think there was it was really happening in Montreal at that time, you know. Um, oh yeah, like power yeah. metal. Like yeah, still yeah. to this day, power metal is huge in Montreal and really isn't that big in Toronto. So yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think metal in general is just. It's just bigger in Montreal, regardless of the the population, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like we we used to go to Montreal to see bands that wouldn't come to Toronto. Like you'd have bands like Gamma Ray <laughs> and stuff that would fly over and play uh, like uh, like Power Prog or something, or like like a U.S. festival, and then they'd fly up to Montreal do a show before they went back to Europe. 
you know, but they yeah. would never come to Toronto. Man, when I um when Gamma Ray actually did come through and did a full tour of North America, uh, they <laughs> we saw them in Toronto and then two nights later in Montreal. Toronto, it was like maybe three to four maybe three four hundred people at the opera house max like yeah uh and then in montreal it was sold out like i think it was like a thousand or twelve hundred people or something like that and they did (laughs) a dvd filming and everything like that like that (laughs) they know what's up yeah yeah, but that that's the difference in the montreal (laughs) scene to toronto so that's when I was just like, man, I, I feel like we need to do it. And and looking back now, like Toronto is is plenty big enough for a band to to make it. And even this day and age, man, like it doesn't matter. You it could be matter. from yeah. Yeah. the middle yeah. of Saskatchewan, you know, and you could <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could still make it. As long as you got internet connection. That's pretty much like the <laughs> one thing you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Um all right, so Talking about Canada as a whole and everything and the metal scene, uh, I figured uh, I am curious on the Vakken Metal Battle Canada and how you got involved in that. And for those of you who don't know, JJ is the man behind Vakken Metal Battle Canada and pretty much the whole reason why I had any kind of career at all. So... (laughs) (laughs) So do you want uh, to to talk about like what uh, the metal battle is and, and kind of how you got involved in it in the first place? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, the metal battle is a, um, a worldwide battle of the bands um, where winners from different countries uh, get to play at Wacken Open Air in Germany. So it's it's a super cool thing. I know uh, right away when people hear Battle, Battle of the Bands, they're like, Ugh, you know, because like, I feel like it's been done the wrong way so many times. But uh, with Vakken, it's just like they, um, they have these two like great big stages um, and they dedicate like, I think it's 30 slots to the metal battle bands. And like, they don't have to do this. Like this is, it's literally just... Uh, an incentive to uh, to help like up and coming bands and to help like metal continue you know into like the next generation so uh, it's something that they've been developing uh, for uh, yeah for like well 15 years now even longer I think they started in 2004 Um, so Canada started in 2013 Um, but yeah basically uh you know, it was kind of like right place, right time for me. I was uh, I was in Finland, uh, and we were doing uh, this festival called the Finnish Metal Expo, and uh, in Helsinki, it was actually with Zero Scape, <laughs> and uh, there was also a like conference uh, thing happening the day before. So I was, um, they asked me to speak on. The, I was doing this panel thing with this guy from the UK. Uh, about metal in Canada it was just a short thing but like there was like there was a lot of really important people from uh, the metal industry there you know that I was really unfamiliar with at that time uh, because this was in 2011 but um, and one of the guys was the dude from uh, Vakken that would like uh, that would set up the whole metal battle thing and he started telling me about it and he was like 
yeah, he, he was like, he wanted to bring it to Canada. And I was just like, yeah, being who I am. And like, I was just like, yeah, I could do that for you, you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then it kind of like evolved from there, you know? And it, it, by the time it like became solidified, it was, it was like 2012 and then we had missed the window. So by the time we, we launched it, it was in 2013. But at some point, uh, Noel from Inertia was also, talking to them and uh we there was some three-way convo there where it's like maybe me and noel were going to do it together and uh and whatever but then uh noel actually backed out of it and uh then it kind of just fell on me so i was like okay well i'm gonna give this a run and yeah it's it's been developing like yeah we've done it you know since then and uh sent a, a bunch of bands over like including yourself so yeah <laughs> i think it's i think it's it's been a good thing you know for for metal in canada and also worldwide you know because every every country gets to send a band so it's it's just a great thing yeah man i and i will say um i have never been huge on the whole like uh battle of the bands type things i think for sure uh yeah. and like from the beginning of crimson shadows i was like we are never taking part in any of that because my old bands did the mm. whole um whole battle of the bands thing and and, and all that and the supernova shows yeah. and oh yeah and mm -hmm. yeah we we tortured ourselves with those so i was like we're not taking part in any of that and then when this came up i i just like i had a feeling and because mm -hmm. it was valken and i was just like boys we're doing this and we're going to Vakken like this is happening <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and then we ended up doing it and it was like I, an absolutely incredible experience and um, I know it was definitely there was some learning curves because that was your first year doing it as well yeah, and it was yeah <laughs> and like we had no idea what we were walking into so it was like it, it was a little messy and everything but overall man it was it was an absolutely killer time uh, I don't think I've ever drank so much in the sun uh, before. Like, <laughs> man, and that year it was absolutely it was like fucking incredible weather too. I think we had like a couple hours of downpour, and that was it. Other than that, it was like sunny skies. It was. Oh sunny. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was amazing. I mean, yeah, for my first time too. For like, I guess it was all our first times, and uh, yeah, it, it was amazing. Like, I remember you guys tore it up, and yeah, everyone loved you guys. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was super proud, you know, to like go in the first year and then have a Canadian band, you know, win. It was like, okay, yeah, this this is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we I I had no idea that um, that we were gonna win that, dude. Like, uh, and guys were trying to hint to us like uh, the day before or whatever, and I was like, yeah. I don't want to know anything. Yeah, yeah. like I know some <laughs> yeah. stuff. Involved. I was like, dude, I don't care. Um, and I was totally not expecting it because um, the the actual playing experience is very stressful. Like everybody glorifies playing um, mm -hmm. European festivals and everything like that. And I'm sure it can be super sick. But as like a smaller band and using all backline gear and everything. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the setup is so stressful like it's yeah oh you yeah, have to absolutely. be like on point if anything goes wrong it's like fuck it throw it to the side we're not doing you like you yeah. need to like i especially with with something like that we had like 10 minutes to set up and sound check and then we're playing 
and all of a sudden the curtain fucking opens and you're like yeah. oh, in yeah. front of 9,000 people and like, okay, like I don't have my triggers working. And like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it yeah. was, yeah, it was an absolute, uh, a bit of a nightmare. Like I have, I have nightmares all the time about playing festivals and like we're supposed to be playing and I'm carrying my drums from like a, like loading in from across the festival grounds yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I have those types of dreams and nightmares like constantly. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't quite that bad, but it was it was it was close. Um, it was like yeah, a- anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, yeah, but somehow <laughs> we 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 pulled it off, and the judges liked us anyways. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, that was that was a hell of an experience, man. So, thank you for taking uh, the taking the uh, the leap on uh, on bringing that to Canada. And I just uh, I love that it, it really was like right place, right time for you. And like that was uh, it, it fully worked out uh, for for us. And I think Canadian metal in general, like the the whole thing's grown quite a bit in the last uh well i guess like seven years uh obviously we you did not do it last year <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. but um yeah man yeah, no the- it's been it's been going great yeah and um, yeah we've got a good team now of you know promoters across the country like every everyone's played like an important part you know like everyone everyone who's part of it is uh you know they don't get paid a lot you know because it's like you know you only make a bit of money from the shows and everything um mm-hmm. and it costs a lot to like fly the bands over but uh yeah but it, it's been going great and uh yeah i mean I, i'm super honored you know to be to be doing it it's been it's been an evolving you know role for me you know just like starting something you know that i didn't really know what, what i was getting into but then just making a thing out of it and uh yeah i mean i think i think like the more I, the further I get along in my career, it's like the more I think of myself as like some kind of like metal disciple, you know, <laughs> or like, or like I feel, I feel like the need to, uh, to carry more responsibility, you know, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but there's like, like the, the, like the more that I'm doing, it's like, okay, well, you know, you're not like, you're this dude now. So it's like, you should be doing more, you know, to like to push metal and to like, you know, like it kind of, I feel, I feel like it's, uh, it's on me. I feel like there's a, a lot that I, because I have the power to do things, then I should be doing them. So yeah. And, and I think the metal battle is, is one of those things, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. it's been an evolving thing where it's like, okay, well, you know, this is my, my duty, you know, to metal. <laughs> Your heavy <laughs> metal this. duty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude, and I think that comes with age too. Because I have been oh, feeling yeah, yeah. that more recently because there's been a new insurgence of like new uh younger bands that all these yeah. guys are mm-hmm. in their like early twenties and they're so hungry. Uh like Kitchener specifically has a, a grouping of like thrash metal and, and, and melodic death metal bands that all the guys are like like relatively young and hungry and it just like reminded reminded me of when 
I was that age and starting yeah. up a band and like super passionate and like always wanting to, to like play shows and, and record and write and never, I still love doing that. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. when it was all fresh and new and like, there was just like an energy around it. And I'm feeling that from like several bands in the Toronto scene and, and, uh, and this new like Kitchener, uh, scene as well. That's like, these guys are all sick. And, uh, like I kind of feel um, like I I I want to guide them in the right direction, you know. Any, <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Any anytime I I have conversations with them, I always want to just like drop as many knowledge bombs as I can on them and be like, you know, like yeah. tr- try doing this and that. And sometimes they'll like give me some good insight into what's going on because i i'm like the old man now and i'm like (laughs) you know like oh i do facebook advertising (laughs) like no yeah yeah (laughs) you know like that's the cool new thing like you know um man i remember the days of myspace like that's what that's what it was when when we were were starting our our first bands and stuff man myspace that was that was oh that was the best dude (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right all right all right we're gonna we're gonna get back to drumming now, because uh, I know the big question that everybody wants to know about, the big one, and that's why you play your cymbals so damn high. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do get that one a lot, uh, and it's a very valid question. Um, it would be weird if I didn't ask. Oh right? yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I do get that a lot. Um, it's something I've been doing since forever at this point, and um, I love it. I, I still love it. I was It was a really exciting idea um, when I started doing it, and it's, it's, it hasn't gotten old yet, so I don't think it ever will. Um, the, the main reason is, uh, is for show. Um, I think when, like when I was first starting up you know, and playing in bands here after moving to Toronto, and uh, I, I, w- I was like right away, I kind of like was struggling with the idea of like, oh, man, like every time someone takes a photo of me or something, it's like I'm just hidden away by all these symbols. And it's like I'm in the back and like no one can really see me. And I don't know, I guess it's like my thirst for like more attention or, or whatever it is. Um, but uh, I was I, I, I used to experiment with my setup a lot back then too like I would I tried like really low symbols and I tried like uh setting up like left-handed and then like toms and like or like swapping the order of the toms and stuff like that like um Bill Bruford would do you know in like King Crimson and stuff or like you know looking into like getting a remote hi-hat so I could like put the hi-hat in front of me and then have like you know the toms off to the side on both sides or whatever like um I used to mess around with a lot of that stuff. And then the the symbol height thing was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to try them like really high. And then I remember I tried it at a show one time and uh, I got like a good response and like it, I was feeling it. So yeah, I just kept doing it. And uh, and then it, it kind of works out good because a lot of sound engineers like it because uh, you don't get as much symbol bleed into the tom mics. 
So uh, <laughs> more so for the studio, but like also for live. Like it's not always, but like enough times I've had like sound engineers come up to me and they're like, "Oh, this is amazing," you know. But then other times they'll be cursing me because the fucking overheads don't go up high enough. So it's like they have to angle them from like underneath, you know. They're like <laughs> pointing the, the the overhead like upwards, you know, which is like I'm sure not ideal and it yeah, looks retarded no. too. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's why. Yeah, I'd almost think that it it would almost be easier to go from the side then, but like for yeah, your, I know for yeah. Old, like so it's uh, I, who knows though, man. Uh, I I'm not a live sound engineer anyway, so yeah. <laughs> but I will say man, that definitely uh, higher symbols away, like getting your symbols away from the toms is uh, is crucial for sim symbol bleed. So that uh that's excellent and honestly that's like a big reason why i started raising my symbols up higher but i yeah. <laughs> my symbol stands don't go up uh even like half as high as yours so i i don't know and now i i believe we talked before and you actually had to get uh a custom symbol stand from pearl to get them up to uh the right height that you were looking for <laughs> yeah, so if yeah, if I'm playing um like standalone stands, um I have to use these extenders that I got. So like the extenders give me like well first of all you need you need like the triple boom or whatever the hell it is. It's like the 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 2000 series of Pearl hardware. So it's like mm -hmm. where you get it's like a double boom. It's like it's a boom and then it extends again into like another boom. So first of all, you need that and then you need another extender which gives you about another foot. And then so if you've got that, then you can you I can do it at the height that I want. Um with the rack setup, like the rack is already like I have the rack set up pretty high so that I can get away with just like um it's like it's like the regular boom, so you can you can get away with the the one thousand series um, hardware stands, and then just with the extender. Um, but yeah, but either way, you you do need the extenders to like to to get them up uh, that high, and then especially like sometimes with the rack, sometimes I like angling angling them downwards, so it's like it's like doing the neck the Nick Menza with them you know so it's like mm -hmm. you come up first and then like dangle them down so yeah sometimes i'll do them that way but then that you really need like maximum height to be able to pull that off um yeah it's it's tough when i'm i'm when i'm on the road especially when i'm doing like flight dates and stuff or in like weird countries and um i'm using like other gear you know because i have no choice or like festival backline like whenever possible i'll try and like like ask for like okay stands that go really tall you know yeah. <laughs> make that like a stipulation and they're like what you know but like i you know it helps if i send them like a video or something and then they'll be like oh okay we see <laughs> we see what you mean <laughs> you're crazy <Yeah. laughs> but 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 yeah i mean yeah i'll just i, I most of, a lot of times i just do what i can you know because like some stands don't go high enough but you know whatever you do your best that's right. And I remember uh, playing a show way, way back in the day, I, I think with Zeroscape. And I remember we I didn't know you back then, obviously, but yeah. um, I remember seeing 
you playing and being like, what the fuck is happening? And then years, <laughs> years later, seeing it, and I was like, fuck, there was a guy back in the day that used to do this. And obviously, it was it was you because you're the only person uh, in the Toronto scene that that plays with their symbols that high. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, man, at the very least, it's stuck in my memory. So that's awesome. You know, good. You yeah. you're, you'll be a memorable drummer. You know, for everybody. <laughs> so, and I know any any time I've seen you play, everybody asks. Like they come to me, like, what, yeah, what the yeah, fuck's yeah. going on with these symbols? I'm like, dude, he's just he's just badass. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Like I couldn't do that. I would pull my shoulder or something. Like, do you end up with shoulder issues at all? Um, no. In I mean, in the beginning, um, I would get my, a lot of times, like especially live. If I if I didn't uh, relax enough, my shoulders would get really tense, and I would uh, they would get really tired. Um, I've never had like a an injury from it or anything like that, but I would more get like I would get gassed out. I would get uh, just like totally winded, and um, and then like after a while, this was like years of like you know just like telling myself to like okay, you know. Don't let the adrenaline get like the most of you, you know, in a live situations like, okay, like relax your shoulders, you know, it's like it's fine, you know, just like breathe, play. And like now nowadays it's totally fine. Like that's the only thing I you know, you know I struggled with early on. But uh yeah, now it's it's like totally normal because like I'll I'll practice like that too, right? So mm-hmm. um yeah, which which I think is a big part of it. I think I think if I if I stopped practicing that way, then obviously it would be weird live. But I think just from like doing it all the time, you know, I'm just so used to it, and uh, I and I just enjoy it. You know, I just like like getting like a full swing. You know, it's like it kind of like you can kind of get creative with it sometimes, and like sometimes I can I can do like this kind of like circular like uh, kind of like a helicopter kind of thing. You know, sometimes um, when you're when you're hitting like certain crashes you know so mm-hmm. yeah it just like it opens up like the thing for more and you can do like more more dramatic you know um uh hits and stuff like that so yeah it's it's got a it's got a whole bunch of cool things that i like about it but uh but yeah it's, it's been cool because uh i have had like you know playing in different projects or like sometimes i'll do hired stuff or i'm like you know playing in another city and uh the odd time i'll have like somebody will come up to me and like they'll recognize me just because of the drum setup like they'll know it's me playing and like i've really enjoyed hearing that it's like oh that's that's really cool you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah man and i love i love the fact that it it isn't it isn't a hundred percent just the fact uh, uh of that it looks cool but it's that when you're playing, you can do stuff that looks cool while you're while you're playing. It's not just about the, the drums looking cool, but you playing the drums looks fucking cool too because of how high they are. So totally, yeah, yeah, because it you, it kind of forces you to be more animated, you know, yeah. just like in order to play like that. Like there is no other way. Like you have to, you know, reach up and and swing high, right? So yeah, it makes you more animated and. Uh, and it allows you to have like a little like it kind of like like a frame around you, you know. It gives like a window so that like people can kind of see you, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I I remember seeing uh, 
you with operas where I was actually like very close to the stage and you <laughs> to do the symbol grabs, you actually have to stand up a little bit off your seat. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah, it's like it's either like yeah, it's like full extension and then like yeah, sometimes like depending which hand is going where, yeah, sometimes I do need to like stand up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's so ridiculous and I love it. I love it so much, man. Cuz like I I like playing uh, all kinds of different setups. And like yeah. uh, for a little bit there I was having my symbols as high as I could make them with the hardware that I own currently. Yeah. Hopefully mm-hmm. I get new hardware soon and I can get them even higher. Um, but even with my current like um, recording setup at home and stuff, I can't have my symbols that high because the ceilings aren't suited for that. Right. Um, because mm-hmm. I need a certain distance from my overhead mics too, right? But um, yeah. No. I do like I enjoy a, a, a setup with the symbols nice and low where like everything's accessible and right there and like easy to get to. But mm-hmm. as soon as you put your symbols up higher, it does it, it creates a different atmosphere behind the kit, you know, like mm-hmm. rather than you looking over the symbols, the symbols are looking down on you. It makes mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. kind of like wider and bigger. So it it definitely it, it's like um it's like an artist having a canvas and and you can do the same amount of artwork on it but it's all just like right in front of you and you can touch it rather than having this huge vast canvas to be able to play with, right? So yep. I don't know if that yeah, makes yeah. any sense, but <laughs> that's how I kind of like <laughs> no, no. I think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I think I think the the way you set up the drums uh, will make you play differently. Just like the same way that uh, a different kit will make you play differently. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing with big size drums, you know you kind of want to play like big boomy stuff. As soon as you got like some smaller toms in there, it's like oh yeah, you want to get all intricate with it, you know? Or like you know you got some splash symbols and stuff, you're gonna use them, and then it's like. Yeah, if you like, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think everything plays a part in like how how you play. Oh, absolutely, man. I I I can't disagree with that. Like everything, it down to your stick size. You know, yeah. like oh, what yeah. size mm-hmm. sticks you play, and 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 everything like that. And and for totally. me, um, even like what is in my in ear monitors you know, will mm-hmm. will make me play differently. If I just have my 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 kicks in there, you know, it'll it might be a different feel than if I have like some raging rhythm guitars or, or something in there too. I I mm-hmm. love playing with in ears now, man. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. I Can't it's been it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been years since I, I haven't and uh well um when I when I played that show with you recently with Dead Wolf, uh I didn't have I wasn't wearing in ears and it was a right. it was a very different experience than what I'm used to, but but that type of music that like kind of just like raging heavy metal uh kind of called for it and that was a that was a lot of fun with those guys, man. I haven't I don't think I've ever played in a band like that before so <laughs> awesome know? yeah 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 that was a, a fun experience man um yeah dude and getting to see uh thunder live was uh pretty pretty badass and that's that's a killer lineup that you guys got uh the three of you 
and it's I, I'm excited to hear this new record and uh, see what you guys do. Uh, seems like you have a pretty busy 2022 lined up already. Eh? Is, is Opera yeah. going to hit the road as well? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've been we've been looking for tours. Like so far, we don't have anything. But yeah, I know. Yeah, it's going to be like everything all at once. I guess. I mean, well, I hope anyway. I hope everything you know stays on schedule and uh and those tours in 2022 happen you know but uh it's so yeah, weird I to mean, say man like 2022 <laughs> like yeah, it's like know. the last two years has hasn't even happened like i don't know For how real. did we get here yeah. like yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a crazy <laughs> time man <laughs> crazy time but yeah you, yeah you know what but i'm like in a weird way i'm thankful for this time i mean i've, I've I, I mean, I guess everyone's been dealing with it differently, but for me, I've been able to like get stuff done that I never would have done. Like, there's like, for example, this this Thunderer thing would I don't think would have ever happened, not in the fashion that it's happening now and in this like this this like quick time span. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way, you know, like this like the, like the dead the downtime like allowed me to like focus in on on stuff that like i never would have had time for before so um yeah in that sense like you know i mean it's all all you could do was make the best of things right so you know after like the first couple weeks of like freaking out and then it's like okay well you know can't change it so you just gotta you know make do with you know what you got and just hope for the best that's it man and like, I know that we're, I don't want to say that we're at the tail end of this because I have no idea. Um, yeah. And, like, I know um, our premiere here in Ontario is going to announce something this coming week about uh, smaller venues and related to capacity. But um, I I don't know what that's going to entail. I hope it's good news because... Right now, yeah. our small venues are completely fucked. And, yeah. you yeah. know, so hopefully we get some good news on that front. Um, but, like, I, I, again, I like, I hope that we're at the tail end of this whole thing and we figure out a way to go back to doing local shows and bands get to mm-hmm. get back on the road and tour and stuff like that. But uh, I, I feel like there's going to, there's, there's part, part of the people in the music industry that like freaked out and kind of bailed and then there (laughs) are a big other part that like stuck around and used the time in a productive manner to you know like do stuff that they never got to do like you like starting this project that yeah it could have happened but it might have taken years to do it and it wouldn't have totally it wouldn't have come together the way that it did like you know true and um like even myself i i i've really dove into doing more session work and Mm -hmm. and recording and everything like that and you know that's Mm -hmm. that's something i i've always wanted to do but never really had the time to do it so it's uh it's been awesome and i got some cool stuff 
coming up that I'm excited about and some live stuff sweet, too. Sweet. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm stoked, man. I, yeah, I like <laughs> it. Um, but like, who knows when uh, when I'll actually get to get back on the road and touring, man? Because honestly, everything is booked for for like the foreseeable future. Like the next three years, I'm seeing people bands announce tours for 2023 already. Yeah, uh, like, I know. Yeah, well, that's brutal. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Now we're dealing with the backlog because everyone's so you're dealing with all the rescheduled stuff from like a year and a half, and yeah. then plus new tours. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's it's definitely challenging for um, for bands to like get on tours now because yeah, everything's being booked so far in advance. It's it, it's it's crazy, and like all these like um, like newer bands that like. We're, we're coming up and, and doing great stuff and then now this hit and they're like oh well we we can't even get like a, a booking agent or like anything yeah, yeah. you know because like everything is so booked by every other band that um and th- honestly like I, I feel for all the bands that like their biggest uh source of income is is touring you know because mm-hmm. uh, all that shut down for the last year and a half and um you know finally they're getting back to it but uh hopefully our our more i don't want to say local bands but our our newer bands coming up can still benefit in some way as well because if we don't have newer bands coming out and and playing and staying hungry and and wanting to do this like then that is when our our metal scene takes a hit so totally yeah Mm -hmm. yeah man i just hope that uh everything going going forward into the future over the next five to ten years that this time doesn't uh Mm -hmm. eventually hurt the uh, the the metal scene and and music industry in general so because i yeah i mean yeah for sure i I think one thing's for sure is i I mean it's it's been yeah it's been rough for any band that's just formed like you said or you know was just getting up off the ground um like for sure it's it's only going to be the hungriest bands that are left you know so um but (laughs) maybe that's a good thing too so i don't know (laughs) yeah man only only the the strongest will survive right like that's that's it it's kind of like a a fight to the death out there now (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) fuck man as if it wasn't bad enough before it's like oh man Oh fuck, dude! I know. Yeah, now it's now it's even worse. Like, all right, here's your sword, battle it out, and the winner gets uh, the tour, and the other one yeah. uh, <laughs> dies. That's it. <laughs> you gotta pack it in. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, man. Uh, and then uh, whatever band wins, I will play drums for them because it seems like every band <laughs> out there needs a drummer. Still, we're we're a rare breed, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. We'll be good forever. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, we'll be we'll be fine, man. Yeah, I'm not worried about you know keeping my job. So <laughs> it's all right, man. All right, well, on that note, man, I don't want to keep you all night. I just want to uh, I want to thank you for coming on and chatting with me, man. It's been a pleasure. I uh, awesome. really appreciate yeah. it, dude. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, this was super cool, man. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever done a podcast before. It's been a while anyway. I, I can't remember. So, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot, dude, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then don't forget to share with your friends, post on social media, and tag us. 
If you're listening on Apple Music, then please leave us a review. And if you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you want to continue this conversation even further, then join us on Facebook on our We're Talking Drums community group. Till next time, keep drumming.